0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty-three of Technobabble, the tech discussion podcast, where we talk about brilliant, amazing things done by brilliant people, as discussed by well, people that the word "brilliant" would be very well, not even loosely describing, just enthusiastic.
1: Hey, don't get fuck ups and cool gadgets, man.
0: The the works of good, intelligent, helpful people by enthusiastic fuck ups. <laughs>
1: Nothing wrong with a fuck up or a cool gadget or a failed Kickstarter here and there.
0: Oh no, it's what makes or a successful
1: Kickstarter for that matter.
0: (laughs) Well, it makes it makes it go up and or sometimes spiraling down. Anyway, (laughs) I'm your host Mike King, and joining me as always is my co-host Rich. Hey, what's up?
1: I'm ready to go. I have a fun uh, Canada Day tech related story, and by fun, I mean fun for all of you. And not for me because it was not fun, but we will get to that later.
0: <laughs> well, you know how we love, we love these drones. You've got, you got your own drone, right, Rich? Yep. Well, people are now making miniature drones and there's kind of a bit of a problem because they need, like, there's only a, there's only how small you can make them because there's limited by battery size, processor size.
1: Yeah. But luckily. Blades motors
0: yeah luckily some researchers at MIT designed a tiny computer chip tailored to help honeybee sized drones navigate they've been working on making like tiny bee sized robots now they're a step better to something them with things they are making them work because they've shrunk their chip design even further in both size and power consumption which means not only do they take up less space, but now the battery can also take up less space because you need less battery. It's true. And this, this new yeah. computer chip called Navion, which doesn't follow you around saying, hey, listen. What? Navi from Link. Anyway,
1: which they are... I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Fucking casual. You're no gamer. <laughs> from which they are presenting this... You know, I okay... I wasn't doing the best Navi, but the fact that I said the two words that she's famous for, and you still didn't get it, that's on you. I don't know what Navi is.
1: I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Is it like a Teletubby?
0: No, fucking Link, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. The little blue fairy that always followed you around going, hey, listen!
1: Mm, Sounds vaguely familiar. Kept
0: pausing the game so that she could give you a hint like, hey, that's a Stealthos, you need to hit it.
1: Uh, sounds slightly familiar but yeah that game's mad old dude come on now <laughs> i haven't played that in a long time
0: yeah and people and yet people are still aware of the fairy so yeah although i could more on that later what what <laughs> anyway it says that what uh, MIT has produced a computer chip called Navion, which they presented this week at the symposia on VLSI technology and circuits. And dig this, dig the size of this circuit. It is just 20 square millimeters. That's the size of a Lego minifigure's footprint. And the chip consumes about 24 milliwatts of power, or one one thousandth the energy required to power a light bulb
1: wow that's fucking insane what a, a one thousandth
0: and you know what it's enough to do though you think well what can what the hell can it do with all that little power it's enough to power the chip to process images that this drone will take at 171 frames per second hmm. so you're taking a look at this thing right you get the one to see-
1: that's about the size of a quarter yeah. Now, well, the, I've seen these before. The drone,
0: is the, the drone is the size of a quarter. This little chip that you see for scale is about the size of one of the, oh, uh, yeah. the rotor segments.
1: Oh, yeah. It's so tiny. So, But what I'm thinking, like, so the, the one that's as, as small as a quarter, like, that's got to be, that's a, just a normal mini drone that you can get. I've seen some pretty small little drones. I mean, you can't do very much with them, and they're usually not that great. But you can buy them for, like, 20 bucks that are about that size. So I think they must be talking about something much, much smaller. Because if you if you uh, look through the article, they actually mentioned something. Uh, a drone as small as a fingernail, which um, I don't know how the physics would work on, you know, the size of the blades versus the weight of everything. And, like, how big, like, if it's that tiny, I guess you only need a small battery. But even a small battery still weighs enough that, like, how big, you know, like, your motors have to be... Big enough to be ah, that's just something that small is just mind boggling that uh, that it could fly. So I'm having a little trouble imagining that. But just the fact that they can make these chips now so tiny um, once we are able to catch up with everything else. Right. Like we will be able to have like those richy rich flying fucking bees again. Remember?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then when everyone says, oh, the bees are dying, we could be like, well, they had a good run.
1: Yeah. We'll just use the robot bees. (laughs) until they revolt and take over the world obviously
0: and if that doesn't work well the Mm. land is fucked we can be like captain nemo and take to the ocean
1: i'm fine bowing down to our new bee masters but how would we
0: get to but how would we survive (laughs) in the ocean you may ask since we're staying on topic and the answer to that is (laughs) but the but Like, well, one of the problems is you'd have is you'd be freezing in the water.
1: Yeah, that's true. I've, I've, and I've actually done a lot of diving. Well, maybe not a lot, but I've done some diving in some cold areas. And, uh, let me tell you, being in the water for an extended period of time, like even if the water is warm, when you first get in, it gets cold after a long period of time. Trust me, even if it's warm water.
0: Yeah. Well, it turns out the water's not getting warm. It's just that your baseline for cold is dropping. Yeah. So, when Navy SEALs carry out dives in Arctic waters, or when rescue teams are diving under the ice-covered rivers or ponds, the survival time in wetsuits is very limited. Now, finding ways of extending that survival time has been a priority for the U.S. Navy and research divers, and this led to a two-year collaboration that's yielded a dramatic result, a simple treatment that improves the survival time for a conventional wetsuit by a factor of three. And it works by simply placing standard a standard neoprene wetsuit in a pressure tank autoclave, which is no bigger than a beer keg, fill it with a heavy inert gas for about a day, and this treatment lasts for about 20 hours, which is far longer than anyone would spend on a dive. So if we have to end up living underwater in cities, then when it's your turn to, <laughs> to uh, venture out to tend the seaweed fields, well, now you don't have to worry about... The only thing you have to worry about is running out of air rather than temperature. Huh?
1: Interesting. That is actually, uh, almost the exact size of a keg of beer too. That's almost the exact size. It's true. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, like anything that can extend your, uh, like your resistance, right? Like, and, and the, because water can take the heat from something at an insane rate, right? Like that's why you can thaw things out so quickly in water is because water just takes the heat or takes the, uh, the temperature away from it, whether it's hot or cold, even even if it's frozen, right? It'll thaw it right out. Or if it's hot, it'll cool it right down. And, uh, anything to extend that, especially for, you know, rescue divers or, uh, even repair people, right? Like repair diving and stuff like that. Like that's crucial that time.
0: Well, yeah, because they've had ways to uh, extend uh, the temperature in dry Mm. suits before with something called of wetsuits, with something called dry suits, which has a layer of air between the suit and the skin that's maintained with a hose or a pump. Yep. But
1: I know, I know uh, some people that do actually do a fair amount of dry diving, dry suit diving.
0: And the thing uh, is, our dinner is tomorrow night. A failure of the pump or a slight cut or tear will result in a massively quick loss of insulation that can be life-threatening within minutes. But the good part is, about using xenon or krypton-infused neoprene means that no such support system is necessary and has no way of quickly losing its insulating properties. And you can really fuck up Superman's day. (laughs) So so
1: bad. (laughs) Jesus. So, the gas actually.
0: Terrible. So, the gas infuses more quickly during treatment than it discharges during its use in an aquatic environment. Now, the next step that they're doing in their research is trying to make a long a term stable version of a xenon infused neoprene by bonding a protective layer over it. In the meantime, they're looking for opportunities to treat the neoprene garments of interested users so that they can collect performance data. So hypothermia fuck off your day is numbered
1: oh yeah exactly like that's that's perfect
0: but you know well that's close to perfect you know what i think it
1: extends it they said three times so that's that's pretty good what's the what's the cost of doing something like this like because once they bring it to you know the uh, consumer or commercial market. I wonder what the cost of doing something like this is over uh, doing wetsuits and stuff, and just it switching would
0: out. Ha- it would have been really great if MIT was you know <laughs> thoughtful and decided to say, "Oh, by the way, the cost of xenon infusing it's only it's only five thousand dollars." <laughs> no, it's
1: five payments of twenty nine ninety nine ninety nine. Call now and get a special nitrogen oxygen tank free <laughs> while purchases last. Or what? While, 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 while purchases last.
0: <laughs> get free shipping and handling on your nitrous infuser. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been actually really useful. So uh, get on it, MIT.
0: Yeah. And you know what? If you're going to have articles, how about you give us a little, how about you show us the fucking money? Give us a price list. Like, let us know. Oh, it only costs about thirty thousand dollars to infuse this shit, or is it like, nah, man? Xenon is so fucking cheap. We just got like, it cost about like twenty bucks just exactly. for the electricity to keep it on overnight. Boom.
1: Speaking of uh, of like spending a lot of money, you know, what costs a lot of fucking money to create a city, a smart city. Mm-hmm. What's a smart city, Mike?
0: Well, Because
1: I know what a smart home is, because I'm all over that.
0: <laughs> one would argue it doesn't exist, but that may change, because it turns out at the forefront of a smart city development is Toronto. <laughs> Yay, Canada! Yep, yeah, because that even, in, even in mid-May, the breeze blowing off Lake Ontario is idyllic. Lake... The lake laps up against the boardwalk. People sit in the colorful Adirondack chairs. Footballs of pedestrians. footfalls. footballs. <laughs> this is what you get for reading off the page. It's This thing is like 50 pages long. Fuck you. I'm not memorizing it.
1: You don't need to memorize shit. So what are they doing here?
0: Well, it turns out that. Okay. When you walk east, the scene quickly changes. Cut off from gleaming downtown Toronto by the Gardiner Expressway, the city trails off into a dusty landscape of rock-strewn parking lots and heaps of construction materials. Toronto's eastern waterfront is bleak enough that Guillermo del Tormo's gothic film The Shape of Water used it as a stand-in for Baltimore in 1962. It's this weird industrial land that's just sitting there, acres and acres of it, and no one knows what to do with it. That was before Google. This past October, a coalition of the Toronto, Ontario and Canadian governments contracted with Sidewalk Labs, a sister company of Google, to come up with a $50 million design for a dozen acres on the waterfront's far eastern end. The idea is to reimagine Toronto's derelict waterfront as the world's first neighbourhood built from the internet up. The neighborhood, called Quayside, would leapfrog the usual slow walk of gentrification to build an entire zone all at once as a smart city. A sensor-enabled, highly wired metropolis that can run itself. Now, how friggin' awesome is that? An automated city.
1: That is freaking incredible. And they're gonna have, like, uh citywide Wi-Fi sensors like everything so that everything is automatic and catered to safety and efficiency that sounds incredible and the fact that this is in Toronto makes me happy but also a little pissed off because you know fuck Toronto
0: oh yeah because you'd have to move to Toronto to enjoy the city
1: yeah, but I don't I don't want to enjoy the city or move there because yeah, also, it's Toronto. Who the fuck wants to go to Toronto?
0: Yeah, like you'd have to you'd still have to drive 5 fuck hours. Fuck the Maple Leafs. You'd have to drive from you'd have to drive 5 hours just to check out this smart city for a couple of hours.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know what's funny too is like I don't I don't actually hate Toronto that much. I just dislike the traffic and everything. But I'm actually going there for a wedding in a, in a few weeks.
0: <laughs> and it costs a redonkulous amount of money to live there. Even, even oh, in yeah, like the shitty insane.
1: parts. Mm-hmm. So no, imagine a, how much living in this uh, this smart city is going to cost.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, if you thought living in Toronto was already bad enough, hey, guess what? Now there's like a... Now there's like an, an outrageously unaffordable place to be.
1: Yeah, well, but exactly. The but Paypal the fact that co- Google is choosing um, Toronto to head this up is pretty pretty freaking amazing.
0: Yeah, well, it's not the first time. Well, it, it's, it's expanding on someone else's work. The PayPal co-founder, Peter Thiel, helped seed the seasteading movement to create offshore libertarian paradises. The tech incubator Y Combinator is currently running a public policy experiment in Oakland, California, giving residents a monthly stipend to see how it might improve their quality of life. So, I can understand. so that seems like it's a good idea. I'd like to see that in Toronto if they actually gave people a break oh and be like, God. "Hey, this is an experimental city, <clears throat> so how about we give you a cut on the we we give you a decent amount of rent and being Google, we just spy on everything from how long you sleep to collecting your bowel movements. Just all this the data, incredible. Well, every, it, every, every piece of data your body can produce. We keep it and, even, and in which case you get $500 rent.
1: It even says, uh, that it's going to have like some of the, some of the different features that it's going to have are things like pay as you throw garbage shoots, that separate your recycle recyclables blah, 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 and charge <laughs> households by waste output which is actually pretty freaking interesting uh, they're going to have uh hyper local weather sensors they're going to detect coming squalls and heat sw- uh, heats uh, that are going to you know
0: yeah that's still- yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess and but Look, also the most yeah, interesting de- thing for yeah, me, real quick, hold on, shut weather. the fuck up, all right?
1: I'm fucking talking, asshole. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about your fuck. Fi- this is I'm taking over. I'm taking over your article. You <laughs> you've brought to me magic, and and I this is really cool. Shut the fuck up for two seconds. It's got crowdsourcing approvals for block party permits, and so. If somebody, you know, like in your neighborhood wants to have a uh, a party or something like that, you know, like a, a, a big party or whatever, some sort of event even, right? Uh, everybody in the neighborhood has to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to approve. That is freaking amazing, right? Based on the noise the gathering is expected to produce. Traffic signals would auto calibrate to ease pedestrian congestion like during like concerts and stuff like that like that would be absolutely Uh, to ensure more green
0: lights on to ensure more green lights on the main streets.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like and on top of that, like all of these things are constantly feeding back into Toronto, which would help them also figure out how to uh, better run the rest of the city based on data from this as well. Right. And one of the coolest yet least needed sensors that is going to be feeding into the local notification system, whatever that's going to be an app or some like however they're going to handle it is the uh, Adirondack chairs that are on the waterfront are going to have sensors on them that can tell you on a map which ones are open and which ones are being used. So you can actually be sitting on your lazy ass at home, wondering if you can be sitting on your lazy ass outside, and now you'll
0: know. <laughs>
1: like, that's freaking amazing. All right, now you can talk.
0: It says that uh, some people <laughs> think that the project is aiming high, that aggregating all this technology in one place could be its own kind of breakthrough. One analogy is that Sidewalk itself uses... One analogy that sidewalk itself uses is that of ancient Rome. The Romans didn't invent the aqueduct, but their engineering skills meant that their capital had a totally unprecedented supply of clean water, allowing them to build a city like nothing that ever existed. Modern cities thrive on information, but none have built themselves around a data-collecting infrastructure in such a similar way. Connecting a bevy of smaller scale innovations through a common network digital platform could be a hugely powerful innovation in itself. Sidewalk's former chief operating officer, borrowing a term from the software world, calls it a chance to reimagine the full stack. And it says, when you put it all together, you're talking about the future being fast forwarded. But Google is not the first to imagine to try to reimagine a city. The Epcot Center, the Florida theme park, has its roots in a real city building idea. (laughs) The name is an acronym for the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, and it began as Walt Disney's vision of a carefully engineered urban paradise of the 1960s, one that would take its cue from the new ideas and new technologies emerging from the creative centers of American industry. And Walt, Walt himself said, I don't believe there's a challenge anywhere in the world that's more important to people and everywhere than finding solutions to the problems of our cities.
1: Dude. Now, what? Do you know what they're trying to do, and how Disney? this was even really possible?
0: Cryogenics.
1: So apparently, um, uh, the the there was like a, a failed Olympic bid or something, and basically this land you, opened you mean, up. You
0: mean a successful Olympic dodge?
1: Yes, that is actually very true. Successful Olympic dodge that allowed this to happen. But what they're kind of hoping this is going to be is basically a second Silicon Valley north of the border. Oh, man, um, that would be great. Yeah, like that is just really, uh, really cool. The all, uh, all of our tech guys the-
0: staying in Canada. That would be fantastic. That would be great for our economy.
1: Exactly, And that, that, like, that
0: may tip the scales of the upcoming trade war.
1: Plus this way, I won't have to go all the way to Abu Dhabi to have to see really cool tech shit. I can just go to Toronto instead because, you know, I'm going to Abu Dhabi.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Dubai. the alternatives are Abu Dhabi or, you know, Toronto. So
1: That is true. We just booked. Uh, we just booked the flight. So I'm definitely getting an automated Uber when I'm in Abu Dhabi. Let me tell you, that is one of the first things I'm going to do. They have and so, they have I'm going to so go to Warner Ubers. Brothers. Did you know that Warner Brothers has its own theme park over there?
0: Wow, this place seems like a place to be.
1: Yeah, right. It's only like a hundred and five dollars a day to go too. Like ugh, pocket change.
0: Yep. Unfortunately, <laughs> there are some downsides. Waterfront Toronto has declined to make the terms of its deal with Sidewalk Public, so no one knows what the city's promised Google. Like I said, they're probably sending you their bowel movements so they know what stores to open up. But it says it the basic idea is for Sidewalk to go on a year-long local listening tour to brainstorming along the way for a master development plan for this dozen-acre slice of land. If the plan is approved by Waterfront Toronto's board, that group and Sidewalk will serve as co-master developers with the latter in charge of funding and innovation. How to design streets to handle self-driving cars or build underground utility channels serving as conduits for city services that haven't even been dreamed up of yet. This is you,
1: uh, this is really cool, though, man. And I, here I we get to see
0: a picture. Check out yeah, this picture. Yeah, well, I
1: mean, that's the problem with this, right? Like, this is really cool. And, you know, like, the more the more you tell me about it, the more I'm excited but at the same time like this is going to be years away man they're not this isn't going to be like anytime soon you know they like if they're trying to build an entire like 12 acre like what, however big this area like they're trying to build a city quote-unquote it's going to take a little while like this isn't going to be up and running for like probably at least five to ten years
0: you know what else is going to take a while finishing this article because we're only about halfway through the page but we don't I think need I'm to about, finish it yeah i think i'm about done we're just looking at pictures of cars either generating Wi-Fi, collecting Wi-Fi, or there's Wi-Fi in the traffic lights as well, and apparently parking meters, stop signs, dumpsters.
1: Oh yeah, well the, that's the that's the idea. Is basically everything the dumpster like it's, that's not saying there's Wi-Fi. It's it's sensors, right? It's the dumpsters like earlier uh, that charge you, and I think they actually have something very similar in Europe actually. I remember, um, I think it was, was it Amsterdam? I think it was, where they had um, garbage bins out on the street that you would throw your garbage into. But you had to like pay on the side of it. And then it would like go down underneath the sidewalks to like some big chute, and then shoot off to somewhere else or something. Like it was really crazy. So like I think that's kind of what they're going to be doing for this. Which would be insane.
0: Well, who knows what the future may bring. This could be a tech dystopia or a tech utopia.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we have to, uh, we really have to come to terms with the fact that uh, technology and science uh, have, you know, kind of gotten us into this mess of of where we are with the the world and, uh, and global warming and whatnot, and we need to be able to use it to get out of it and to be able to reach our our goals of uh you know surviving cleaning up the 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 air and and whatnot you know or like reach our climate goals like even canada we've got it we've got a climate goal and uh you know thanks to somebody we can't really get it as 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 good but you know
0: well yeah we can't but it seems that you know even though it's not good news for us there is good news for someone else. And that would be Sweden. Really? Sweden? I wonder Go
1: figure. The... Fuckers, they I already invented IKEA.
0: But there is good news in Sweden, or as they would say, nyata. <laughs> <laughs> Good news everyone. Because they have <laughs> Met their wait, energy. Wait, what did they oh, say? Oh, I was making through, you prick. What did they say? I was making it through. alla. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> Fuck you, I nailed it. alla. <laughs> that was me. That was me doing Farnsworth. You want to do it just me? There, I can fucking nail it. I can do languages.
1: Anyway, who's reaching their goals now,
0: Sweden? Not me. (laughs) But Sweden is. And they have reached their 2030 renewable energy goal this year. By the end of 2018, the Nordic nation will have installed 3,861 wind turbines with 7,506 megawatts of wind capacity being added through to December. This amounts to 18 terawatt hours annually, according to data from the Swedish Wind Energy Association that was reported by Bloomberg. This surge in wind power means that the Sweden will be on track to meet their 2030 clean energy goal by the end of this year. 12 years early. Good news!
1: Yeah, that's so, pretty fucking insane.
0: It is.
1: Like, and yet uh, there's other certain countries that uh, are somehow taking steps backwards, but we won't talk about them.
0: Oh, no. I mean, like, you mean those forward-thinking countries that think that coal is due to make a comeback?
1: Yeah. I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. (laughs) I'll have none of that lip.
0: (laughs) No, but... I will have some of yours because I'm done talking. So how about you talk about your stuff now? All
1: right. Well, uh, I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of a uh, a shitty fucking uh, story that uh, that I had happen to me the other day. It was a little bit tech related. So uh, this is going to be released shortly. We're recording this now, you know, a couple days after Canada Day. Um you Americans know Canada Day is basically our version of, you know, like Independence Day. So I went up to my wife's mother's boyfriend's cottage. That was a mouthful, uh, or no, his house. Sorry, it fe- to me, it feels like a cottage because it's lakefront in the middle of the woods. You know what I mean, like off the beaten path. So it's a, it's a cottage to me. But he lives there somehow. But anyway, so we went there for the He's day. Sorry?
0: His cottage home?
1: Yes, exactly. There you go. But we went there on Canada Day, and uh, I decided to bring my drone. And uh, at first, it was not cooperating because of the fact that I got a... Cheaper drone, shall we say. Um, it It is not like a DJI if where you have like a controller. If you
0: would like to have a, more, a uh, more higher performing drone, go to patreon.com slash geekfallout and donate <laughs> to the show.
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, I got a drone that ne- needs you to sign in to the app to be able to pilot the drone. Because <laughs> the only thing that you can do is you can pilot it with the app your phone there's no controller that you can get there's no actual physical hardware and there's no cell service up here or like very very little like you have to be out on the dock or like walking along a path like you can't be in the house here so if it's you also break, 45 degrees on canada day so if basically it
0: breaks, if it goes beyond the signal does it just like into the lake
1: so what happens is i go it and i update it Uh, you know, I have to walk away and I update it and I finally get it working after like tries and tries and tries and we're playing around with it and we're having fun and I got a lot of really cool shots, whatever. And then I got like a group shot later. I got my second battery out and I got the group shots and stuff. And then I was filming a video of my wife and her mom, uh, and all of the sudden, um, It decided it needed to land because the battery was running low. Uh, It didn't return to home uh, where it should have. It was off by a couple of feet. It's supposed to be GPS, but uh, I don't know what happened. But it was off by a couple of feet, and it very, very, very slowly sank into the water. (laughs) And my drone is waterlogged. So it's not a really cool drone that I was bragging about a couple episodes ago. That was so much fun is now no more.
0: Can't you just put it in a bag of rice and wait?
1: Well, that's what I did. I put it in a bag of rice, like uh, about 10 minutes later, five minutes later, you know, like basically somebody had to go over cause I, I didn't want to get in the water for some reason. I don't know why I just, I wasn't feeling right. But, uh, so somebody went over and got it really quick and, uh, and we put it in rice right away, pretty much. And uh, it's been just kind of sitting. I'm just I'm gonna forget about it for a few weeks, and just let <laughs> it stay in the rice as long as possible. And then I'm gonna try it and see what happens. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then I'll sell it for parts and I guess just save up for a better one or something. We'll so so it's in a coma right now. Essentially, yeah. Like it's it's on life support. We're we're gonna see what happens. So unfortunately. Um, yeah, my, my drone dreams came to an end. Uh, on the bright side, um. I did get a new TV for my birthday. Mike, I'm not sure. Did we talk about this on the show yet?
0: Nope.
1: Okay. Well, I got myself a nice UHD 4K TV. It wow. is absolutely incredible. and It's not even like that much to brag about anymore because they're actually kind of really cheap now. Like you can get yourself a... a just like a run of the mills, like regular, nothing fancy, like no smart features, no Wi Fi or anything. Like four K fifty inch TV for like, you know, four or five hundred dollars Canadian, which is like god knows three hundred something American, right? Um
0: wait, a fifty inch for under a grand?
1: Oh yeah. Well I got my we got this fifty inch. I got a fifty inch uh Samsung smart TV and um I got it for six ninety nine, I want to say, but like there were there were ones starting uh, at, I think it's four ninety nine uh, to five forty nine is the general forty nine inch to fifty five inch budget TV for a four K. Now, if you want HDR and if you want you know smart options, then you have to go a little bit more, and that's why I got a little bit more. I wanted to get a 55. Uh, my wife didn't want that, so we settled on a 50. <laughs> but it's it's really cool. It's it's smart. We got a, a Chromecast Ultra so that we could watch 4K content with it. Uh, and I plugged it in. It's, it's all like Wi-Fi. You can talk into the microphone and it'll do stuff uh, because of the fact that it's got uh, HDMI ARC, which is essentially allows devices that are hooked up to your TV through that HDMI port to turn on and off your TV. I can now tell my Google home to turn on or off my TV, which is pretty freaking sweet. I can send, uh, tell it to watch things on Netflix or on YouTube, which is pretty amazing. And the best feature ever on a TV, sir, I'm telling you is being able to hook up to a set of Bluetooth headphones.
0: But does that, but does Bluetooth by its nature only allow one? because it it works by a process called pairing. So it yes. pairs the TV with the headphones. So does that mean you and the wife can't enjoy wireless headphones together?
1: I'm not sure if we because I know that you can't like with the newer uh, what is it uh, five point one I think five point one Google or uh, sorry, not Google, uh, Bluetooth five point one, five point zero five point one, you can hook up multiple. Uh, Bluetooth devices at once, like uh, to phones and stuff. So I assume that if it's using the same standard, which I don't know if, which uh Bluetooth standard it's using, I'll have to try that out once we have another Bluetooth uh speak. I I guess I could try with a Bluetooth <laughs> speaker too. Maybe I'll have to try that out because that is true. But I mean, even even if that doesn't happen, which I mean, like. I don't know why you'd want to sit next to somebody else wearing headphones. Well, you know th- what I mean? well,
0: think about this. I've got the perfect solution that you never thought about. What if one person has hearing deficiencies? If you both want to hear the volume at the same level, the headphones is the only way you can do it. Otherwise, that, vol- that TV is going to be cranked up way too loud for you so that they can hear it at a decent level. Or it's going to be at the perfect level for you and they're missing a lot.
1: Well yeah, that that is true and that actually does happen uh, to me and my wife because I I need the TV a little louder than she does. So I mean having I guess be that ability would be interesting. However, she deals with it slash I deal with it. But also, moreover, the thing that we if there's neighbors, the if there's neighbors
0: we, and you want to watch like a big ass movie like fucking Star Wars yeah, that's or something true. and that's that's what I kind of use it neighbor, for now. Yeah, rather than blasting the neighborhood with your surround sound. Yeah. Then, That's what you know, I do now. Everyone but I just, just hears the headphones me. and boom.
1: It's just me, right? So, yeah. but she likes it because now she can go to sleep because I stay up later than her. So she goes to sleep, and I can sit there and watch TV and be on my laptop, but you know, not make a damn sound.
0: Or also, if some yeah, if someone's trying to say you've got a friend over, and you the two of you want to watch a movie, but you know it's late. The wife decides she needs, she wants to go to bed early. Rather than having a movie that's ruining her day or, you know, you and I are stuck playing for cheesy or something. Now we can both watch an epically loud movie at whatever volume either of us wants. And everyone else in the house can go about their day enjoying a nice little nap or something. Like when I have the uh, the nephews over, it'd be nice if I could watch something with them. But also let everyone else around the house either rest, clean up the house, do cooking... And not be blasted with with what we're uh, with what we're watching.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and if
0: there's a new Bluetooth, we need to look into this because I'm looking at uh, Best Buy right now, yep. and there's a sixty five sixty five four K smart TVs, but one is a thousand dollars, and another is f- nearly four thousand dollars, and I'm still That's trying to figure LED. out why.
1: LED probably. Or LED, OLED, OLED. It's probably OLED. The uh, seven thousand dollar
0: one. LED is the one thousand dollar one, and yep. the four thousand dollar one is an OLED.
1: Yep, exactly. That's but what I just they're
0: said. They're both. They're both WebOS smart TVs. So they're LG. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's the uh, the OLED? Just is it like organic it... light emitting diode?
1: It gives you blacker blacks Whiter whites uh, And is you know a little bit more Energy efficient I believe as well
0: So is it worth going into debt For an extra two, two and two and a half thousand dollars? Well it
1: depends how I mean like if you've got all the Money in the world go for it but I mean Like for me like I don't I've been dealing with a 720p TV uh, 37 inch 20, uh, 7, 720p For the past two years Before that I had a uh, a 1080, or no, a 720, 37-inch as well, I think. So, like, and I just switched up to the 55 4K. And this 4K HDR, like, it looks incredible. Like, I'm oh. telling you, man. Like, even to me, like, it's it's the first thing I did when I got home and plugged it all in and set it all up was I went onto YouTube and looked up 4K TV demo video. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my wife comes in, like, 5, 10 minutes later, and she's like, if that's all you wanted to watch on it, I could have just left you at the store and saved a bunch of money. Yeah,
0: like, but I couldn't be, I couldn't be watching this right now in my underwear. So there you go.
1: You Are you sitting on the couch right now? Because it sounds like you're super far away. Why, why are you so far away? I am not. Really? Are you sure? You sound really far away.
0: I am not.
1: Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. You sound like home. angry Homer now. We got angry <laughs> Homer.
0: So, uh, anyway, so- I found a $5,000 one, and that is an... <clears throat> A UHD, UHD HDR QLED.
1: So it's, that's Sharp?
0: It's by Samsung.
1: Oh, really? Okay. A, a
0: QLED Tizen Smart TV.
1: Oh, Tizen.
0: Yep. Why is it $5,000, though? What is QLED? Is that some new thing? Uh, quad. Fucking know exactly what that one was. I am not.
1: I don't stay all in on the... On, all the intricacies of the, uh, the the new TVs, because after, you know, they did that whole 3D thing where they were like, everybody must buy a 3D TV. And then, like, a year later, we were like, why do we need a 3D TV? And why is every TV that's being sold a 3D TV? And then, like, two years later, we were like, where are any of the 3D TVs?
0: Like, I don't trust I them anymore. I kind
1: of I kind of wish that my TV could do 3D.
0: I didn't buy it for the 3D, but it just, it was just like, well, I, I'm buying it for all these reasons, and it's also got 3D.
1: It looks, it looks good, man. Like, just the regular, I have 4K, HDR, Tizen Smart, like, that's all I need. It cost me, like, you know, 699 and the the really interesting thing that I actually kind of wanted to focus in on here for a second that you might appreciate, sir, Mike, Okay. Sir, Sir Mike the the Gamer Galahad or S- Lancelot or something?
0: Sir Gamer Had.
1: Sir Gamer Had. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, you can actually hook up certain USB game pads to the television and play Gamefly streaming right on your TV. Huh. Gamefly streaming. So... You're not buying necessarily any of the game. I mean, you can technically buy them, right? But you don't own any physical media. It's being streamed through the smart TV, through either the Ethernet, because yes, the TV has Ethernet, or the Wi Fi, because it has a 2.4 and 5 gigahertz uh, Wi uh, Fi uh, in it. So it's going to stream it over that. Like I tried out, uh, oh gosh, what did I try? I did uh Lair Croft. I tried Lair Croft for a few minutes. That was interesting. Um uh, I tried a couple of driving games like uh, I think there was uh, Dirt or something and they're all like they seem to be mostly games that are also available like kind of on PC sort of thing. Uh slash the obviously the games that are on on all the consoles, but I mean like there there isn't anything like there's no Grand Theft Auto there's no, like, obviously, there's no, like, Gears of War or anything like that. But, like, if you want to yeah, play, like, some fun Lego games or, you know, a quick round of, of Pac-Man or Lara Croft or, you know, like, whatever it is like that. Like, a quick round of just plugging into your TV is when you is say really lair do
0: cool. you mean, like, that new gritty Tomb Raider yes. where she's, like, getting impaled on yes. shit going down river? Yes. Uh-huh. Which
1: was very interesting to play because, so... When you – when with this TV – with the, the Gamefly streaming, you can play 10 minutes for free of every game just to try it out, right? Uh, which is really kind of cool because, you know, as a casual gamer myself, I can basically go and play 10 minutes of a game and not need to play anymore. <laughs> so, I don't need to buy your subscription. You guys are idiots. But – that being I said, I just, rent
0: them, I just rent them from gameaccess.ca, and if I'm tired of it after 10 minutes, I just throw it back in the mail and say, send me the other, send me the next one.
1: That's actually pretty cool. I might have to look into that. Uh, but anyway, so basically, uh, on the other hand, though, is a game like Lara Croft, which I believe the one that I played was the Square Enix uh, version of the game. the The gritty one is done by Square Enix. So, of course... I'm now four and a half to five minutes into my 10-minute timer, and I think I've pressed two buttons. Like, I haven't done a thing. So by the time I get down to five minutes left to play, I'm finally playing. But you're playing basically like almost uh, quick time events over and over. You're like you're walking down a hall, and then you're watching a quick video, and then you're pressing, walking forward and pressing A, and then you're watching another like little quick video, and then you're walking left for a second. And then you see something else and you have to press this button and then another video. And it was just like, I was like, all right, well, I just played the game. I'm not really sure. So, you know, the the 10-minute free for for that game specifically didn't work out too well. But for the driving games, obviously, it was incredible. And uh, I don't need to play any more Lego games because for fuck's sakes, give it up. (laughs) (laughs) I love Lego but like oh my god you guys really need to work on your fucking games they're just so ridiculous i i haven't found any of them fun in forever and i've bought a couple of like more than a few of them i think i have uh avengers lego avengers for the wii u in uh or no lego superheroes or something i think i got
0: one how about you come up with a game that isn't just swapping out different characters as you run around simple levels collecting bolts yes how about something besides that yeah Exactly. You know, and the Lego Dimensions got kind of cool. You know what what Lego is famous for? Being able to build anything you want, an expanding amount of play, and yet they have the most simple, contrived, one-note games. It is like like, they kind of forgot what Lego is beloved for
1: and speaking of uh that anyone listening should watch the new lego documentary uh on netflix that was just released it's amazing i believe it's called like one brick at a time or lego brick at a time or something like that the lego story it's absolutely incredible i just watched it it's great um but yeah so gaming on a tv super interesting uh worked out pretty well the graphics were you know ps3 ish like, it, they weren't great. There were a couple of glitches here and there where, like, you know, it got a little pixelated in, like, you know, the bottom just, like, inch of the screen or something like that. Like, a, a little portion of the screen would go weird green pixelated for, like, 30 seconds. No, not even 30, Like like, two or three seconds, I guess. Feels like longer when you're playing a game. But... Uh, <laughs> It was actually pretty good. Like there were no hardcore glitches. Like it didn't stop. It wasn't there was no lag or anything like that. So I was actually really impressed with that. And um, so with that controller, so I was actually I went onto the TV manufacturer website, went on and found the user manual so that I could find out which gamepads I could use with the TV, right? And so I did mm-hmm. that, and I found I went on Kijiji because here in Canada, Canada. Here in Canada, we use Kijiji more than Craigslist. Craigslist is basically fucking dead here. For some reason, you know, it's still apparently uh, a thing in the States. I'm not sure if that's just like the whole let's hook up randomly thing. Like I'm I'm a fuck some dirty person. Slightly,
0: yeah, because I think Kijiji managed to figure out how to focus better on selling devices and not lure people into sex traps.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we use Kijiji. So, you know, just I went on Kijiji, typed it in, and I happened to find find somebody that was selling not one but two controllers in working condition for fifteen Canadian dollars. Whoa. So for 15 bucks, I got the one that hooked up to the TV, which is a, uh, I want to say it's a Logitech um, F350 or something like that. I think they're like $30 or $35 brand new. So, you know, getting it for, you know, 750 or 10 or 15 or however you want to look at it. Uh, that's a pretty damn good deal. But the other controller I got to me was much more interesting. And Mike, you're going to love this. Okay, so, wow. like, this this second controller that I got, it's called uh, the Wii controller, or um, more specifically, the Wii Phi uh I think it's called. It comes up really weird, or it used to, on my uh, on my Bluetooth, like, when I hook it up on my phone, it came up as, like, the, you know, feng shui, Wii, wang ha, like, it was all, like, literally even, like, uh, you know, Mandarin or Cantonese um characters but basically it's a bluetooth controller that stretches out you can hear the uh, the actual mechanism but it stretches out around your phone and basically turns your phone into a psp essentially it's got two like little joysticks you've got your a x y b button start select your d-pad your r1 l1 r2 l2 and a other button, like a little connecting button or, you know, on, off or something like that. Uh, But this has been freaking amazing. Let me tell you, having this thing for my phone, Mike, um, I was able to download uh, a bunch of games and have a lot of fun. I downloaded the DuckTales game off of uh, Google Play. Uh, I actually downloaded it, um, I don't know, a year or two ago when it first came out and I got a really good deal on it when it was on sale. So I re-downloaded a a bunch of games as well, but DuckTales is one of them, which is super fun, old school, side-scrolling, you know what I mean? But I also got myself Grand Theft Auto Vice City and Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, which work incredible on my phone with this controller. Like, it's so cool to be able to just whip this out and play Grand Theft Auto. And GTA Vice City works perfectly on a phone, and it, like, it's like it got all the music, it's got all the levels, the graphics look pretty damn good, especially when you consider it's on a cell phone now. Like, they look freaking incredible for a cell phone game, you know?
0: And, and apparently you played Vice City in an actual vice with your phone. That is
1: true. That is true, yeah. Uh, I also tried it with um, Modern Combat 5. Which is an Android uh, shooter as well. Uh, worked out fairly well on that. Uh, Munch's Odyssey um, is another one. PUBG Mobile, which is basically Fortnite.
0: I was referring to the fact that your phone looks like it's been crushed.
1: Oh well, that's not my phone. That's my spare phone.
0: Yeah, that device I was referring. Oh, okay, to. okay. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's my spare phone. I couldn't send you pictures of my real phone in it. Otherwise, how? Like, what am I going to do? Take the pictures in a mirror of itself or something? Come on, man. Uh, but sure. the, really, the really fun and cool, interesting part that I thought you would actually enjoy, Mike, and I believe these are about $30, give or take, uh, depending on where you buy them online. Maybe you can get it a little less if you go to like Alibaba or GearBest or something like that. But I believe on Amazon, they're about $30. But uh, I went out and got myself a Nintendo DS emulator. Ooh. And I'm able to play Nintendo DS games on it. You just put your phone. Uh, Mike, I believe I sent you a picture of the phone in. Uh, um, what is it? Oh, landscape, portrait mode. Yeah, portrait. Everybody. Is portrait. Is that dog? But
0: that dog pad thing is that another button? Is that like a dual button? That's the, the du- uh, Those are the
1: dual sticks.
0: Oh shit! You know what I'm thinking, and I hope I can do it. Mm. Is get a playstation emulator running on my phone and play some old good rpgs like final fantasy tactics vagrant Story. well
1: you can also um you do a lot of those on uh the ds or the game boy advance uh, as well as you could do some of those also for even uh the super nintendo and this works with pretty much any emulator that you can get on a phone. And I know that you can get a PlayStation emulator on the phone. I've, I've had it working before. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best. <laughs> it depends on your phone uh, and your processor and your RAM and your, your graphics unit. Like it, there, There's a lot of things that it depends on. Um, but uh, it does kind of work a little bit. I believe they're working on a dreamcast one which would be really interesting but i mean you know, technically the uh like grand theft auto is like that's an Xbox ex- original xbox or what playstation 2 right now do
0: you say with game uh no, would you be able to hook these things up or or uh, broadcast them to your smart tv so
1: yes i did do that you could I so I beamed it. Like a, I casted it to my, to my Chromecast. I just pressed the so button in the be, top of the corner. Bang! Bang! Boom! I have a console. So it would be like a switch, essentially. And the other interesting thing you could do, and uh, although I, mu- I I will admit that uh, it was a little bit uh, buggy when I was using it for Vice City, like when I was casting Vice City, it uh, it did crash once. It froze like it froze a couple of times. Uh, and by froze, I mean like it just froze up for like a little, a second or two, uh, little, little stutters here and there. Uh, but it crashed once. But when I was using like uh, the emulators and playing like the older games, things that aren't as graphically intensive, it worked perfectly. So now I'm wondering if I can, uh, and I think it, it, I think it should be able to work because I have a newer phone, which again has the new Bluetooth standard of uh, 5.0 or 5.1 or whatever it is. So I think I'll be able to hook up two Bluetooth controllers because I have this and I have another Bluetooth controller or technically I could hook up the, the USB one to it and I can play cast my phone to my TV and now I can play uh, Super Nintendo. I can play all of these other things two-player.
0: Dude, if we can get two-player things going on, I could, home, I could go over to your place and we could beam Tetris or Dr. Mario.
1: I I have I've have not played either of those games in a very long time, but uh I mean that, either. That's so a good we'll see. Who sucks. I, I will see who sucks the least. I would have said Battletoads, Double Dragon, maybe Double Dragon versus uh, Battletoads. How,
0: yeah, how about a game that's fun? Mortal, Mortal Kombat. We get to a game that wants to punish us. Mortal
1: Kombat. Yeah, Super well, Street not. Fighter Alpha Six Edition.
0: Yeah, Super Street Fighter Hurricane Kick Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> U- <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm not too, I'm not too um, big on those. I just but... think that, like, I, I don't know. I just I wanted to talk about this for a minute because, like, it's just it's the coolest little thing. Um, just look it up. Gee, look up we w e e. So if you're gonna look it up, uh, it's w e e Bluetooth controller, and, uh, and, and it's a bunch really of cool. It's only got a hundred milliamp battery in it, but it charges with um, what's that thing called, micro USB. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's really cool for, for a
0: couple of The same months. micro USB as most Android phones? Yep,
1: exactly. So, or as okay. most, you know, Bluetooth, um, you know, headphones or, you know, vapes or, you know, anything like the, most things these days, you know, Bluetooth speakers, like almost everything uses micro USB now. So, uh, yeah, you can just hook it up to that for a couple of dollars. You can have some fun gaming on the go. It's super light. It's pretty small. Um, and it, it makes your phone into a PSP, basically. I mean, I've seen what? other ones like the MOGA. Have you seen the MOGA before?
0: I think we may have to wrap this up because I don't think anybody tuned into this show to hear people babble on and on about technology. So, But it's called Technobabble.
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, I just I, I love controllers and gaming and old school gaming. And I think this is a product to consider. This is my little something to consider for this week. Check it out. You know, Wii controller, W-E-E. And uh, yeah, fine. We can
0: go and we can do a special episode on TVs and controllers some other time, but we can't let today's episode metamorphose into an impromptu two-parter in one.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, take us home then, Mike.
0: So, Rich, if people wanted to find out how they could help the show, where would they go?
1: Well, uh, first off, I want to say thank you for checking us out. Thank you for listening. Uh, Of course, the most important thing you can do for us is give us an iTunes review. Uh, Share our episodes. Talk to us on Facebook. All of these things help us out more than anything else because it gets us noticed. Getting reviews and ratings on iTunes and Google Podcasts gets us noticed it brings us up the standings it puts us in people's eyes and that helps us gain a new audience and gain new fans and listeners so please if you can take three seconds out of your day and give us a review or a rating uh if you want to go a little bit further you can always go to our patreon at patreon.com slash geek fallout you know give us a dollar give us a couple of dollars doesn't matter it all goes towards the hosting services that uh, i pay yearly for this podcast as well as uh some of the other upcoming shows that will come sooner or later <laughs> uh, when I have time, basically. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, check us out uh, there. Uh, go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, and then go to Geek Fallout Productions. Uh, you can check us out there. Let us know what you want to hear on an episode. Give us some stories. You can follow us on Twitter at Geek Fallout, though we don't use
0: it very much. I must say, uh, although we might if somebody spoke to us on it.
1: That is true. That is that is true. We do monitor it. We just don't use it very much. We're more uh, we're we're much more of a Facebook user. So come over to the Facebook page and chat with us there. Mike, where can people find you?
0: Well, you can listen to me talk about horror movies on The Graveyard Shift. Horror with Sheldon and Mike. It's a pretty darn good show. We talk about horror movies. We do fake deleted scenes. We share hilarious commentary, tangents, banter. And we don't have Rich on about uh, 99% of those episodes.
1: 99.99999% because I don't think I'm on an episode, (laughs) but I've forgotten other things. So...
0: No, but you may be on one in the future, so if, if if he is on one by the time you're listening to this archived episode, it's not going to be that many, so don't worry. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <You're> gonna... <laughs> but you will hear him on a couple of episodes of the Playing With Power podcast. That
1: is true. A, I have, I have a recorded mature... some of those with you.
0: A mature, a mature Nintendo Power retrospective. We talk about Nintendo Power magazine. We read each issue, first to last, front to back. And more hilarious tangents, distractions, vulgarity, and uh, hilarious terrible stories from Reddit during the uh, the time that that John was a guest on the show, or a guest host on the
1: show. Ah, I see. That's pretty interesting. All right. Well, uh, we will be back in a few weeks. Um, oh,
0: and on the uh, Playing with Power podcast feed, you can also hear the taste test which is a <laughs> podcast where me and some friends How could I possibly
1: forget that you had more plugs?
0: old NES games. And uh, the one that we've recently released is the entire library of the NES Power Pad. So you talk pa- about oh,
1: that thing the uh, the DDR board.
0: It was a mat.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean, the mat that you like step on it and was shit. It's basically
0: a fruit roll up that you plug into your NES deck
1: oh yeah that thing was so fucking stupid wasn't it like really under supported too like how many uh how many games did they have for it in total
0: you'll 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 find out when you listen to the episode of the taste test because we're talking about every single game Come on, man no, just give me a spoiler man just just, just, tell, me that. just, tell, me that. just tell me that it's about 15, 15. It's 15. and most of them were the same <laughs>
1: good spoilers man good spoilers nobody's listening it's all good
0: (laughs) it may have been like 10
1: all right well thank you for listening to this uh clusterfuck of a show uh that we've thrown together uh amidst technical difficulties and difficulties with rooms as i don't have a desk right now um so hopefully we will be back uh not late I don't next have time air
0: conditioning and i don't have air conditioning so i'm slowly oh moving. yeah
1: it's so it's so hot like freaking insane right now like you oh, oh my gosh so it is it is now safe for you to turn off your device but not your air conditioner
0: <laughs> it is safe for me to turn on my air conditioner yes
1: it is now safe for us to turn on our air conditioners so that you don't have to hear them but it's now safe uh, for you to turn off your device Oh, am I supposed to stop?
0: I'm just clapping this part out. I'll just clap it back in. What are you doing? I'm typing in good news, everyone, in Swedish.
1: It says good news network, Sweden to reach its 2030 no. renewable goal.
0: I want to see what good news, everyone, is in is Swedish.
1: Oh, in Swedish. Oh, so yeah. you're using Google Translate. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, Okay, Google.
0: Shit. Okay. I got it. Okay, What so is
1: good news, everyone, in Swedish? Here are some results from the oh, what? <laughs> How do you say good news, everyone, in Swedish? Here's what I found on the ah, what the fuck? Oh, Where's my translate? We
0: gotta have this as part two to where Google Shut Assistant is as not all it's cracked up to be. Shut up! You know what? What's I think sweetest? I may. I think I may not take this out. I think I want to keep this in because this is. I could not ask for better gold cool than this. Hold <laughs> you, on. What did we? want? You delivered a great prize to me.
1: <laughs> Good news, everyone. Yeah. Good news, everyone. Good news, everyone. Oh, wow. That's going to be interesting. I wanted to say it. Hold on.
0: That's about what I was going to say.
1: Really? You were going to say that? Yeah.
0: No, but I was going to do it without a stroke. (laughs) Okay, so... Okay, so we're
1: just going to clap back in right yeah yeah or just three.
0: gonna once you cock what if we okay you you're gonna want to listen to this episode because you may like or not like what i've left in <laughs> <laughs> okay three two one or as they okay okay fuck now i gotta get the introduction going <laughs>